Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the M&M Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alex Metzger. Alongside me is my co-host, Chase McCallum. Uh, we have a bunch more news to break down today. Three more coaches have been fired. Uh, just for the count, that is five coaches that were fired in the span of Detroit winning one game to their next. <laughs> uh, they went on a 12-game losing streak, which they snapped last night. We're recording this Friday. Uh, I'm going to Ottawa for the weekend, so I'm not sure if I will have this up quickly today or if this will be going up Sunday night. But uh, as a point of the recording, we have three coaches fired. Um, Are you betting on the Blue Jackets game that you're going to? No, I'm not. I haven't put any money down on it. You should. I, I'd rather <laughs> not. Um, we've had three coaches fired in the past week or so. Uh, two of them have been hockey-related, and one of them has very much not been hockey-related. Uh, I guess we'll start with the one we have the least amount of details on, but probably the biggest talking point in Jim Montgomery. Yeah, uh, this was real weird. Yeah, out of nowhere, the Dallas Stars fired him. Um, it wasn't over abuse conduct or anything like that that's been going on, what they said, but it uh, their president came out and said it was due to unprofessional conduct that had happened in the past week or two. Uh, and as far as I know, there just hasn't been much more detail than that. People just keep citing unprofessional conduct, whatever the hell that means. That could literally mean anything. Yeah, so, like, I don't need to speculate that much, but um, it kind of came out of nowhere, especially because uh, Gary Bettman had just came out with their four-point plan to um, reporting stuff and getting rid of stuff uh, earlier, like about a day or two before, and he was asked, do you know about any more things that are coming up? And he said, no, I don't. And they knew about this by all accounts, pretty much, and... But they were like, well, it didn't re- relate to the same thing. But Yeah, because he was asked about it relative to Bill Peters. Yeah. And he said, no relative to Bill Peters. So um, I like, there's not a ton we can do right now other than just wait and see what the details are, I guess. But um, it's it's interesting because the Stars team, they started off slow. And you would have you thought Montgomery would have been on thin ice then. And then they went on an absolute heater, like 10 in a row or something, to get themselves back in the play in the hunt, and they're now 6-3-1 and one in their last three or 10, and they have a three-game winning streak. So um, it'll be interesting to see how this affects the Stars. Uh, I think, by all accounts, their assistant coach who stepped up, I'm forgetting his name, but he has, like, like a ton of career games behind the bench. Rick so. Bounds? Yeah, that sounds cap right. Friendly. Yeah. Um, so they should be in okay hands. Like, I don't think... I think when a coach gets fired and assistant coach takes over, it's easier for an assistant coach to just hold the same kind of systems if he wants to. Oh, yeah, especially when the, I was going to say the coach wasn't fired in disgrace, but, like, I guess that's what this is, but not because they were losing. Yeah. So, like, from a purely hockey side, it doesn't seem like the worst. Like, the Stars are playing about as well as a roster of this caliber you would expect, right? So yeah. yeah. You kind of just... Rick Bounis has been a coach since 1985, and he has spent all of those years, but four of them in the NHL. So, oh my god! Yeah, as an assistant or a head coach, he's been. A, he was an assistant with Vancouver, Tampa, Dallas for three years now, Phoenix for a bunch, the Islanders for a couple of years, Ottawa for four, Boston, and Winnipeg. When Winnipeg was the old Winnipeg. Oh, like the th- the Thrasher. Yeah, well, the yeah the really? old Winnipeg. Yeah, the Coyotes, no, Winnipeg. Yeah, Coyotes. Sorry. Um. But, yeah, so it's not like they're in um, inexperienced hands by any means. So uh, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on this and if see if it ever comes out about what the actual conduct was. I, I don't, think it will. I don't think the stars need to, but it would be nice to kind of... Or like, I don't need to know exactly what he did. Like, if he sent... 
you know, again, I'm just speculating here. I like, I don't think, like, I have no idea what it is. Just putting but, an example yes. on for the sake of for it. For an example, if he sent like a dick pic to a team employee or something like that, I don't need them to come out and say, yeah, he did this exact thing to this exact person. <laughs> but if they come out and be like, yeah, like he was sending inappropriate messages to team staff or whatever, or you can just say like sexual, yeah, yeah, like something like that. It that would be much different, right? Like, but I think just. You know, citing unprofessional <laughs> conduct ten times in a row and like, okay, there we go, he's fired. It's probably not going to do it for most people. Yeah, I wonder if they're... I'm no... Like, I know whoever they said they're protecting, so, like, that's good. They're more important than me in this situation. I'm just nosy as hell and kind of want to know. But, yeah, I don't know. I wonder if they just signed, like, an NDA or something because they've been pretty... Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't shock me. And lips about it. Yeah, uh... I don't know. I think I don't think they have to come out with anything more. I mean, no. they, don't, they don't have to do anything technically. Like it'd be it'd just be nice for a little more clarity. I'm not asking for all the details. Like I maybe would be in a story we'll probably get to in a bit with Akeem Aliu. You know, I'd rather those details are out so people realize how shitty it is. But you know, with this, especially if there is a the if the unprofessional conduct was harsh on a second person, and the second person doesn't want it out there, I think that's absolutely fair yeah, to try and keep it private. So. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, it's tough because without actually knowing what happened, it's pretty difficult to say Yeah, I mean, yeah. I say we, all we can do is just kind of go off of what we have, and what we have right now is very, very little. The players so. were shocked. Oh, yeah. Which... I mean, it, well, it came as a surprise to pretty much everyone, apparently. And... Uh, they, people said they showed up at the rink and they found out that their coach just wasn't coaching anymore. And I was like, out of nowhere too, because it's not, again, it's not like this was like a Toronto situation where you show up to the rink and your coach isn't coaching anymore, but that's because your team is drastically underperformed. Yeah, and you could see that coming from a mile away. Yeah, whereas the Stars, that might have been the case at the start of the year when they started like 3-10 and 10 or whatever, but uh, they did a complete 180 and... They're sitting at 18, 11, and 3 now. And and maybe, I don't know what it was. It was maybe 16, 11, and 3 when he yeah, was fired. Yeah, whatever. Two less or something. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't have much more to say on that. It, it'll be a situation I'm sure we'll probably come back to. Uh, keep our eyes on it. Uh, we have two more coach firings to get to, and these were both purely hockey-related, which is a little bit of a fresh news. Um I, like I don't know, it, it's obviously a fine line. There's stuff we need to talk about, like the Bill Beater stuff. It you need to talk about it for hockey's sake, but yeah. at the same time, it's nice just kind of being able to analyze a team and why this went wrong. Let's get into John Hines first. He was fired first out of these two. Uh, the New Jersey Devils have sucked way more than they ever would have thought. I think both of us were a little more bullish on their off season than most people were, but I don't think either of us saw them having 23 points through 30 games, being second last in the entire league, only behind the Detroit Red Wings, and looking like an absolute lottery team again with none of their acquisitions really working out all that much. Yeah, like, I think it was okay to say, look, they ha-, like, I think I had them in eighth place or whatever, but, like, I think it was okay to say, look, I think they had a good off season, but I think they're only going to come 10th or 11th or something like that. But, uh, yeah, second last at this point in the season was... Yeah, I Just mean, absolutely not what anyone. And second last by this many points too. Like yeah. it's not, and not even just Corey Schneider playing bad. Like the whole team playing terrible. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I think you know, like because I think the one thing with us in our preseason uh, previews is we looked at the Metro as like a team where we thought pretty much five teams could theoretically win the division and beat or be top three in the division, and then the bottom three or four teams or so 
would be at least somewhere near the not near the wild card, but at least make it hard for teams. And the Devils just simply haven't done that. They have a minus thirty seven goal differential through thirty games. Which in most seasons would be the worst in the league yeah, right now. Yeah, they're just lucky that they have a Detroit team that's even worse. But um, it's it it wasn't working. Uh, I guess are you surprised that they fired John Hines? Like kind of. I'm, I feel like he hadn't been there for that long, had he? Maybe or, I'm out to lunch here. Two but. or three years, I thought, but I also don't know. Because there were a lot of people really excited about his hire. And yeah. And by all accounts, everybody really liked him. Yeah, this year I noticed fans had gotten kind of sick of him um, and the way he was coaching. I know people were pretty happy, and by by the end of it... Um, yeah, but as far as, like, insiders and stuff go, like, yeah. there was a lot, like, nobody that actually knew him was, like... Yeah, you know, he seemed like a good guy. Yeah, but, it seemed uh, like everybody liked him. This was his fifth season, I guess. Oh, he's been there longer than I expected. Yeah, though. out of playoffs, out of playoffs, lost in round one, out of playoffs, and out of playoffs this year. Like yeah, that. so he doesn't have a great record. It does kind of leave it up to the question of what would a good coach do with some of these, pat- like the Devils teams from 16-17 and 15-16? Yeah, I don't like, think, I don't really blame him. As, no, although like, this year is bad. Yeah, I don't like, know if it's his fault, but like... This year has been gross. Like This year they have not been a good team by for, any means. Yeah, for the fact that they were giving up futures as their second and third round draft pick for to clearly try to become competitive again this year, and it's basically just been an unmitigated disaster. Well, I do like giving up futures when my team then sits at 29th in Corsi 4 percentage, and ooh, are they a little better than I thought in expected goals? They must be, because I can't find them. 19, 18th. 18th in expected goals. Shot quality god, John Hines. Yeah. And they have a PDO sitting at... Uh, 0.9712, which isn't going to help. Uh, a lot of that is shitty goaltending. Yeah. Uh, their goaltending has sucked this year. And I think we'll, we'll get into that with our next coach, too. There's only so much a coach can do to fix bad goaltending. Like, they had to waive Corey Schneider this year. He's in the minors right now. Yeah, and there were some people talking about how this might be a revival for him. And yeah, well, because at the end... That just wasn't it, the case. the end of last year, he mm-hmm. looked healthy for the first time in years. And everyone's like, yeah, okay, he's good. And then... I don't know if he just wasn't healthy again this year, or if he just there was just truly aging curve yeah. catching up with him, or what. But he just he literally could not stop pucks. That's a really bad contract. Oh yeah, in the minors. Yeah, apparently he makes more. Maybe it was someone else. I can't remember. I think it's him actually. Someone in the minors has a massive cap hit like that makes more in the AHL because and then he would in the NHL. Oh really? Because there's no escrow for AHL players. Probably his base salary yeah. in the minors is six million, and it's six million in the yeah. A. So, in, yeah, because he because it's such a big cap hit, it stays the exact same when he goes down. Um, so, in the NHL, uh, pretty much you get paid, or the players have to pay escrow, which is like a fee to the league to make sure the league doesn't collapse on itself, basically. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, in theory, you're supposed to get some of that money back, but you don't always get all of it back. Um, but in the AHL, AHL players don't have to pay escrow. So, instead of his fees or whatever, and then 50% to escrow, he doesn't have that, so he makes more money. That's hilarious, because yeah. usually the story is guy goes from making, like, 60 grand to 600 grand when he gets called up, not he starts making more when he goes down. Yeah, or his paycheck is, like, 2000 a week to 20000 a week yeah. or something, like, or every couple weeks or whatever, right? That's but, funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, for the Devils, um, and we've kind of talked about them a little bit before the firing happened, 
I mean, I think we're both in on you have to trade Taylor Hall at this oh, point. Oh, God, yeah. If he, they, he's not resigning. And by all accounts, that's what they're doing. Yeah. And they're trying to do it now. And wait, I mean, so they, they are in a good position still to sell this deadline. Yeah. Um, it, they're in a great position it, to sell. It hurts not having their second and third rounders this year. The, the P.K. Subban trade is really, I, I thought it was a decent risk at the time. I, I understood what they were going for, and it just hasn't worked out for them. Yeah, and it sucks. That's hockey, though. You take risks. and Yeah, so, um, yeah, like, he just, he hasn't been good this year. No, he has not. Um, But, you know, this year they have uh, Taylor Hall and Wayne Simmons to trade. Hall will give you a big return. I think Simmons will probably get you a decent amount, a decent return, too. Like, not a first-round pick, probably, or anything, but no. if you can get a second or third for him. There's been a, yeah, there's been a little uptick in his performance this year relative to the past few years, or yeah, at least at the start of the year. That's I saw people talking about that. So I think he could still, I think teams will still bite into the fact that he can be, you know, the gritty playoff kind of guy that you need who will go to the net and be a power play front guy for you. Oh, so. yeah, you know some GM is talking, is already talking themselves into Wayne Simmons at the deadline. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, on the back end, you have Andy Green and Sammy Vatanen. If you don't have long-term plans for Vatanen, I think a team will probably take a good look at him. You know what everybody wants at the deadline? Puck-moving defenseman. Yeah. So, uh, I think can be that. P.K. Subban's a guy you have to look at moving, maybe retain a little bit of salary to see if anyone will take. Honestly, I would see... I don't know if they're constrained by ownership or whatever, but from a purely hockey side, I would probably look at retaining half and then seeing what yeah. you can get. Yeah, or even if like you retain $3 million, I feel like some team would be much more willing to take Subban at six million than yeah. they would at you know nine million. Oh, a hundred percent. So um, like they're gonna have to retain to get assets back now. And I mean, but I think that's fine. Yeah. At the end of the day, I feel like you know maybe if they just keep Subban for the two years, it probably is not going to kill them. No. Like if they if they can't find like you shouldn't be trading Subban. You you can't <clears throat> give up assets to trade Subban. But no. God. If some team's giving you like a fourth for Subban and you retain. Three million, maybe as long as the ownership's fine, maybe you do that, right? But um, when you look at it, yeah, at that point, I'd probably just keep them. I I'd be seeing if you could get basically what you gave up for them back, but yeah, you're retaining. I yeah, I guess maybe. I, I think that'd be a fair enough ask, but I, I, I even that I don't know because it's not like depends he's how been, much you retain. True, it's not like he's been a tire fire, and I'm sure there are. I don't know. The narrative out there is that he's been a pretty big tire fire. Yeah, like he hasn't been good, but he's. He, he's not been like a train wreck. No, but when you're a G, you know GMs are going to be looking at a stat line of two two goals, three assists, and a minus fifteen. Okay, five points, thirty yeah. games in is probably not yeah. what I would have pegged, but and like I know, like we know that plus minus isn't a good stat, but I think we also know that a lot of people still value it as a stat to put some stock in. You know, um, yeah, it's definitely. <laughs> it would be naive to say no one in the league values plus minus. So I and I mean I think if they did a little further digging, anyways, they'd find that his defensive impact has been bad this year, regardless. So yeah, um, I, I'm still not just going to use plus minus, but I think either case, you know, not even you know if someone analytically takes a look at it, uh, that's not going to work either. Yeah, you know, I I heard I think it was the SDP was talking about it like. The Leafs should definitely run for Subban. No, they absolutely shouldn't. That would be... That seems like a horrible ridiculous. contract to not latch yourself onto when you're already in cap hell. Yeah. Even you, at 4.5, that seems like a bad contract to take a risk on. Yeah, giving something up to get this version of P.K. Subban at 4.5 for three more years would be... Also, I have, to, I have to respect the uh, 
grind for fans to both say we need to be more defensive and then also say let's go get this guy who can play absolutely zero defense right now. Yeah. But and hope we can turn him around offensively <laughs> so that he's still in that positive. Um but yeah, I don't know. I think that, you know, if you're the Devils, uh you're probably you just got to continue the rebuild, I guess. Like yeah. There's not much you recoup assets for Taylor Hall. You'll get a lottery pick this year. I think they fire Shiro. I don't I don't know. I doubt it. I think he goes to ownership and he says, "Look, look, just give me a couple more years." But maybe ownership says, "No, this was this was supposed to be your year to kind of turn things around, keep the franchise player that we acquired for nothing a couple years back." Yeah, it's one of those weird things where like he has been in control of the roster and the roster has been a huge disappointment this year, and yet I still think if you go through individually, I like basically everything well, he's done. Both in, both you and I were very in on what uh, he had done in the offseason. Yeah, like I, I... I mean, I thought every move he made pretty much made sense. And even, like, you're going way back, like the Palmieri trade, like trading for Vatnin to get out of under... Uh, who they trade back? Henrique. Yeah. Then they got signed to a crazy extension and stuff like that. Like, I like basically everything the guy has done. Yeah, me too. Um, Like... I'm just looking, I'm trying to look at his trades here. Uh, in the past, let's just go through his trades. You tell me if you like it. Picked up Louis Domingue for a conditional seventh rounder. Oh, man. A seventh rounder? That's not, yeah. Then their goaltending's been terrible. Picked so. up Nikita Gusev for a second and a third round pick. Great risk. I think he's like top of their team in points per 60 right now. Um, trades in the draft, trades in the draft. John Hayden for Joel, John Quenville. Is he trading down in the draft? Uh, yeah, he, picked, yeah, he, yeah, he traded down in the draft so twice. So that's the kind of thing everybody praises Dubas for, so it would be wrong not to give him a little credit there. Yeah, uh, Subban for Steven Santini, Jeremy Davis, a second-round pick, and a... Sorry, two second-round picks, I guess. Seemed like it was worth the risk at the time. Yep. It looks bad now, but... Most people didn't think it at the time, so you can't dock Shiro. Yeah. One of them turned out to the second-round pick from that the Preds got was Bobby Brink. That looks sucks. Like a, yeah, it looks like a yeah. really good prospect. Uh, they traded Keith Kincaid away for a fifth-round pick. This is some deadline stuff. Uh, they traded Marcus Johansson away for a fourth-round pick. Fine. Yeah. And a second, sorry, a second and a fourth. So that's not bad. Yeah, I mean, they're getting good value. Uh, why is a Keith Kincaid trade on here twice? Um, I don't know. Ben that's Lovejoy. Weird. They... Traded away Brian Boyle for a second-round pick. I thought that was really good. I like that. Um, Patrick Maroon they acquired for a third-rounder and... That seemed unnecessary some guy. Me, but Yeah, I don't really understand. They oh, I forgot Maroon. they went in on that deadline. No, they got Maroon and Grabner that Oh, year, this, was two, this was two years that ago, That I right? didn't like. Yeah, I'll give, that would be my biggest criticism of him was going in on that deadline when they were like the eight seed was yeah, I guess. really unnecessary to me. Uh, Eddie Lack for Dalton Prout. That doesn't matter. No. And then here's the, the Adam Henrique, uh, jo- Joseph Blandisi in a third for Vatanen and a conditional third. Uh, that I would rather Vatanen right now. I mean, Vatanen's contract's up and yep. Henrique is still owed a I lot of money. I bet you they get like a second for Vatanen at the deadline. Maybe P- more. Probably. Um, let's see. They acquired Johansson for a second and a third. I thought that trade I thought that was, was fine. Great. Yeah. Johansson's been or he ended up in injury trouble. But like he was a really, really good player. I think he's I don't know if it like he gave them the war or whatever that you would have projected at the time, but Michael Mueller and a fifth for a second and a fourth. Um 
The second ended up being Mario Ferraro, who is now in the NHL in a limited role, but uh, Mueller ended up being nothing. So I guess you can criticize that one. Yeah. That was a like we think we can figure this guy out, even though no one else could trade. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think he's still on the NHL roster too, isn't he? I could be wrong about that, but anyways, that's the trades going back to like 2017. There's no like obvious bad ones. No. There's a few small ones that add up to like, okay, yeah, this isn't great. Like, I, I don't know, like the the couple times where he he likes to trade away his second and third round picks he for really some does. reason, and you know that's kind of what I would maybe avoid trading away if possible, but like or at least when you're a borderline team that could swing either way but like this year they don't have their second and third next year they don't have their second i thought both the deals that they got rid of those four were fine but um when you also look back to two and three years ago they also didn't have their second or third round picks it's like okay like that's maybe a problem why we can't find any depth prospects here yeah which can yeah. Like, we don't have the picks for it, right? That can so. be the reason why their prospect pool is praying Ty Smith works. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I thought that, you know, maybe maybe the heat does come down on him, but I think this deadline, it'll, it'll depend what he does this deadline. I think he could easily save his job if, let's say, he picks up a first and a really solid prospect for Taylor Hall, and then a second for Vatanen, a second or a third for Wayne Simmons, and... Maybe you make another trade to get another pick or two or whatever in there. I think suddenly you you can sell to the owner. Hey, look, yeah, I know I screwed up, but I recouped all this back. Let's go all in on the draft this year. Maybe suffer for another year, and then we'll be good to go. Um, we got two first first overall picks. That maybe are, three. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I say maybe a top three pick this year uh, in a loaded draft class. So, yeah, I don't know. I think. Uh, I think he could save his job, but you know maybe the heat is on if he has a bad deadline. Let's say the market for Taylor Hall just isn't what he thought it was going to be, and he only gets say a second and a a good prospect or whatever, uh, like like the the Stone trade, but not even as no great. Brandstrom yeah. in there kind of thing. Yeah, lesser prospect than Brandstrom or something. Uh, maybe the pressure does suddenly fall on him. So uh, it'll be interesting to keep our eye on. I don't think New Jersey's getting any better. Uh, no. They are not that they, they are in a like they don't need to. Yeah, like, like their two core pieces going forward are how old is she? Twenty and what? Eighteen. Yeah, yeah, eighteen. So that's fine. They've lost six in a row. Um, they're really putting the money to the wings now for a tank off here. Uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. But the second haul goes and it'll be it, it'll be quite yeah. the race at the bottom. I thought Ottawa maybe had the. I I wasn't convinced Ottawa was going to be the thirty first place team. Uh, I thought they were maybe going to be like 28th or so, and that looks like maybe that'll be where they finish, but I thought it was going to be at least closer than this. I mean, Detroit and New Jersey are just blowing them out of the water in the tank fest. Yeah, they are. Ottawa's actually been like sneaky all right at Yeah, they've been, they've been all right. They've been middle of the pack, I think, in expected goals, and uh, they haven't, they've been quality over quantity. Which... Middle of the pack, they're 11th. Oh, wow. Okay, so they're even getting better. They were 15th when I checked last. Yeah, so they've so, just been... I think their Corsi is still in, like, 24, 25 when I checked last. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Yeah, uh, so they're definitely quantity over quality, but I think when you have the roster they do, that makes sense to try. That's how you have to try and win games, so... Uh, Brady Kachuk is a huge part of that, too. His just net front presence is yeah. insane. But... I feel like he's going to be one of those guys... Like Brendan Gallagher style, where he's just near the top of the league and in individual expected goals yeah. generated for the next however many years. Detroit doesn't have twenty points yet this year. That's really bad. it's thirty three. They're on pace to be worse than the uh, 
tanking the McEichel Sabres. Yeah, which is... <clears throat> like, I didn't think their roster was that bad. No, I didn't think... But their goaltending has been absolutely horrendous, which you're never going to win when that's the case. True. How many points did that one really bad Avalanche team have? Ooh. Was it 50-something? It was 52. Or They're... was it 48? Uh, what year was that? 2016? Uh, that's a good question. It was 15-16, wasn't it? I think so. Uh, yeah, record... Oh, no, oh wait, not the year. year. Yeah, because they... I remember Sean Tierney tweeting, we know a theoretical replacement-level team would get X amount of points, and however many the Avalanche had was lower than that. Oh, here it is. 22-56-4, so that would be 44-48. Yeah, because yeah, a replacement-level team would theoretically get 52 points, and they got 48. I don't know if you saw my calculator here. Take a guess what the Detroit Red Wings are on pace for right now. How many pace that, points do they have right now? 19? 19. 19. Oh, God. Probably like 45, then? 47 points. Okay. Yeah. So they are technically, right now, on pace to be worse, worse than, than that. that. The worst team we've ever seen. That's really bad. Yeah. Because, uh, like, like, I thought... That they didn't have anything outside of Larkin and Mantha basically coming into the year, but I thought they were good, and not that Larkin and Mantha have been bad or anything, but just the rest of the roster has been way worse than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, like you thought having... and the, the worst part is they've won a trade this year. They won the Robbie Fabry, the Fabry trade. trade, yeah. And they're still just absolute... <laughs> Shit, like... They have a 34% goals, 4% FY1. <laughs> that's so bad. I mean, like, I guess when you just stare at the lineup, Phil Pula's their, set, their 2C, Helms, their 2 left wing, Glenn Denning, Nielsen, Ernie, Perlini, Chris, Christopher N, and Justin Ablicator round out the bottom six. Maybe I'm not that surprised, but, like... And poor Philip Zadina playing on a line with Phil Pula and Helm. Scored his first goal the other night, but, yeah, I wonder why he's yeah. not succeeding. I wonder if this will be one of those years where like Dylan Larkin can get near the record for Corsi Rell in a season. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, I feel so like and Anthony C is injured right now. Um, oh yeah, I forgot. He was I would say he should be in this lineup somewhere, but he's just going to take Zadina's spot when he comes back. So like you just have you have three good play or fine players. Bertuzzi, Larkin, Fabry. Those guys are all good. Yeah. Um, Anthony C has to play on his own line with Philbul and Darren Helm. <laughs> like. Come on. Yeah, like, there's just nothing there. No, there's absolutely not. I mean, like, I don't know, their defense. I've liked Philip Ronick this year. I thought he's been showing at least signs of a decent defender. Um, Which is, like, the one thing Detroit needs to focus on more than anything is getting. But then, the again, the other fixed. five, Mike Green, Patrick Nemeth, Trevor Daly, Jonathan Erickson, Alex Biega. What an ugly defense core. Guess what Mantha's Corsi Rel is right now. Mantha and Larkin, guess what it is. Oh, yeah, Mantha's out too right now. Yeah. Um, so that makes it look a lot worse because Mantha's a big part of the team. Yeah. Um, it's got to be like, he's in the 20s? Is it that high? No, that, their goals are because they're actually breaking even-ish at, on, and the, other, the rest of the team's just getting filled in. Six? <laughs> it's 11 and 9.8. Oh, my gosh. Two of them. I, poor guys. Yeah. Or Dylan Larkin's not even that young anymore. Like he's still not he's not old yet, but like he's like prime age. He's like twenty three, right? Yeah, twenty three. So yeah. his prime probably started. It's like they gotta do something here. I mean they they're, can't. They're not they, gonna do no, anything. they can't. They have to just rebuild for another two or three years. Yeah. I, I mean yeah, Iserman knows that. I don't think Iserman's gonna make any panic move. But no. it's just like, oh, what a sad thing to see. Um, they are so so bad, mm-hmm. just brutal. It's kind of funny. Yeah, and they lost. They just so they won. They beat the 
Winnipeg Jets last night, I believe 5-2. That snapped, I believe, a 12-game losing streak. They're just, they're garbage. They are garbage. Yeah, they just can't be fun to watch either. No, like, like imagine, just... like, I don't always, like, I don't watch all the Sens games, but, like, when I do watch the Sens games, they're not bad to watch, generally speaking. There's been a couple stinkers here, but... They've been like, surprisingly good g- Generally speaking, it's like, okay, they'll stay right in the game the entire time and blow it late. It's like, okay, that's fine. I have no issue with that. Or, like, there was one where they just traded chances with the team and they, they ended up losing 6-5 or something like that. But yeah. it's like, it was such an entertaining game that I loved it. Like, imagine just going to watch the Red Wings. They have a minus 59 <laughs> goals differential in 33 games. Imagine just showing up to paying money to see that team. God, they're bad. What a sad team. Yeah, they are a sad team. <sighs> Should we move on to the last coach firing that we have of the week? Sure. Peter DeBoer. This one surprised me. Didn't surprise me in terms of where they are in the standings. I don't think True. I don't think it's really his Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's his fault, but I it, it's just the classic um someone's got someone's got to go and the GM's not firing himself. So This reminded me of how I guess Stan Bowman still has a job, but, like, you know how he fired Quenville when the party was over? Yeah. This kind of reminded me of that. Yeah, and, I mean, Wilson has been the GM for 17 years in San Jose. I don't know if he will be feeling the heat, but uh, I think there should be some questions about, you know, like, this team is so screwed in the next six oh, God, years. Yeah. Like, um, <clears throat> I love Eric Carlson, but... Uh, you know, I know Carlson in a couple years isn't going to be worth $11 million. No, uh, it's pretty hard to be worth $11 million when you're 32. Yeah, like I'll defend the signing of, uh, you know, and maybe you let him, I, I don't know. I'll defend the signing from a standpoint of we thought we had a legitimate couple year or two left to go for the cup, and we felt that he really gave us the best chance to do that. But you just looked at, like, that is an ugly, ugly cap-friendly page. Um, a hideous one. Oh, yeah. Uh, Brent Burns contract. Scary. Very scary. He's uh, five years older than Carl. Yeah, he's 34 years old, and he still has five more years at $8 million left, and he has not been good this year. The Vlasic one, low-key the worst out of all of them. The Vlasic <laughs> one is, what, seven years left or six years left at $7 million? Yeah. And he's 32 already, and he's been atrocious for the past year or two. Um, then you look up front, you have Logan Couture's. Eight-year deal just kicked in at $8 million. He's 30 years old. 30-year-old Logan Couture's deal, yeah. He's been okay, I think, this year, but he's still 30 years old making $8 million. Evander Kane has five more years left at $7 million. Um, uh, oh, and by the way, their goaltending sucks ass. And I don't think that's the coach's fault. And they still have... that's an understatement. <laughs> they still have Martin Jones for four more years at 5.75. That is the... Yeah, that's a terrific contract. This team is going to suck. And they don't have their first-round pick this year, which I'm loving. I am absolutely loving this. True. But they don't have their first, third, fourth, sixth, or seventh-round pick this year. That's so bad. They have Philly's third, and Ottawa's fifth, and Pittsburgh and Washington's seventh. So they technically have six picks in the draft, but four of them are in the fifth or seventh round, and <laughs> they, have, they don't have their own third-round pick. So that third-rounder could go from being, say, the... What the sixty third overall pick, or not? Maybe not that, but sixty fifth to like the ninetieth overall pick, or the eighty fifth, because it's Phillies, so eightieth, I yeah, guess, right? Like, like mid mid <clears throat> of the pack. Um, what a bad situation. Yep. Just an ugly, ugly situation. Only upside 
as a, this as opposed to them sneaking into the playoffs as like the eighth seed but not being that good. Maybe we get to see Jumbo play for a cup contender again. I don't think he's going to get traded. I hope he does. I don't think he will. I think if he I probably think, wants to. Stay I think there, if he's going to retire now, it's going to be in San in Jose. San Jose. I, don't, I don't think he's going to. Although I don't know. Like, I guess I want to see him win a cup. I, I oh I absolutely do too. I just I don't see him. He still apparently wants to play for a couple more years. So oh really? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, <clears throat> the he said at the beginning of this year, he's like, yeah, I'm hoping to play for two or three at least. Or something like that. So good for him. I mean, if you can stay in the shape, go for it. But yeah, yeah I would absolutely love to see him. Uh, it's not like anyone's taking his job in San Jose anytime <laughs> no. soon. No, I would absolutely love to see him play for a cup. I just, I, I don't know. It might be. I think the only thing that I would maybe hold on to is why he might is that he didn't play for just San Jose. He played for Boston for like eight years as well. Yeah, he started there. So at least it's not like not like one of those things where it's. Like Daniel Alfredson when he went to the Red Wings for one year. It looked wrong because it was just like 14 years as a senator and then one as a Red Wings. Yeah. Same with Matt Sundin with the Vancouver Canucks. I think Brodeur retiring a blue. Yeah, exactly. The worst one of those Yeah, two. like it's all that kind of stuff. It's not going to – it's still not maybe not going to look great. but like It won't it, look right. No, but, like, but it looks – it'll look more normal than, say, just one team and then one year of a different team. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't like. I don't even know. I think okay. From DeBoer's standpoint, I guess we didn't talk. I think Montgomery is probably going to be out of the NHL maybe forever. Like I don't. If it depends if teams know what this. Yeah, is. I don't like, know. That's a really because it it really depends on what it is. And yeah. Again, we have no idea what it is. But also, if it's bad enough to get him fired, then like it's... yeah, fired on the spot after a three day investigation or whatever. Like, yeah. Then. Maybe. I don't know. I think Hines will probably land on his feet somewhere. Maybe not a head coaching job, but I feel like he'll get an assistant coaching job somewhere. Yeah, I'd be surprised if this is the last we've seen of Hines. DeBoer, I think, absolutely will get another job. I think yeah. DeBoer's a good coach. I think he's a, a solid coach. I don't think he's, like, the elite changer. of the elite, but I think he's one of the ones that you can hire. He'll definitely help your team for a couple of years, um, and he'll just he'll, he'll be one of those average coaches after that, I think. Um, yeah, he seemed... Like, I saw nobody really complaining about him until this year. They take a lot of point shots, but it's hard to know if that's a DeBoer thing or a Brent Burns yeah. thing. Well, I mean, like, to be fair, like, you know, you can only do so much with 800 goaltending. Well, he made it to Game 7 of the Western Conference yeah. Final with that last year. Like, they had the worst goaltending in the league last year, and he still managed to make that team play at a rate where it just didn't matter. Like so, Yeah, it like, was, they were... Mm, the most impressive skating team yeah. in the league. Last yeah, I year. mean, like they were. If they would have had a goalie, they would have been Tampa West. Yeah, like it, it's as simple as that. They would have been Tampa West all through the regular season. They didn't have a goalie, um, you know. And I think that there there was a lot of talent on that team, but I think that should speak to DeBoer too because he played. Like there were very, 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 very few teams in this league that would be able to cover up like eight fifty goaltending. Yeah, it was a train. They, they had like, like eight eighty last year as their average or something like that. Like, yeah, I think they were like bottom three in goaltending and yeah. then like actually an elite hockey team, which is like mind bendingly difficult to do. <laughs> yes, like so I think DeBoer and it, it was came out on inside trading then both him and Babcock, they were just lumping them in as like coaches that might be coming back sometime. Yeah. They'll both take a little uh, a bunch of time to figure out what they want to do next. That's I think fair. DeBoer will probably sit out the year and then figure out next year if he wants to come back or if he wants to take a full year off after that. But if he if he wants to come back, so that's when he wants to come back, I think there'll absolutely be a job that he'll be in the mix for. Uh, yeah, he, I would expect so. He's a so. solid coach. Uh I, like, in my opinion, anyways, I don't yeah. know. Like, oh, I agree. Like, 
there were some people saying like, oh, so he got sewered by goaltending. Like this year, it is worth noting that their five on five numbers have dipped. Yeah, but it's kind of hard to filter out like what's the team talent level getting worse and what's Pete DeBoer's fault there. Yeah, well, I mean, when your whole team has an average age of like. 30, or when your core has an average age of 32, like, yeah, yeah, I'm not necessarily going to blame them on the coach. I think maybe you could take some blame. Yeah, I think he does, he doesn't deserve no blame. Yes, I I mean, and there's gripes with him like there's going to be with any coach, but like, I don't know, like, I think I I would take, if I'm a GM looking to hire a coach going forward, I would take, what, five years that he had, six years of like really good underlying metrics um, with not even the greatest teams all the time. Uh, versus a half year where his old shit team didn't have great metrics. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, if you're DeBoer, uh, he'll probably end up somewhere in the future. Yeah, uh, he'll be all right. You know, we talk about Babcock as a Seattle coach. Maybe he's the guy they look at instead. That could be a good one, yeah. yeah instead of uh, making headlines with Babcock. But um, I, I don't have much to say about San Jose. No, they're just kind of... Old and bad, bad. and... Long contract. They're going to be no fun to talk about for a while. No, they're going to be the Detroit Red Wings of what the Detroit Red Wings have been for the entirety of this podcast. Yep. Um, like Every time we bring up Detroit, it's, oh my gosh, look at that cap-friendly page. I, they are so on pace to be that. Yeah, right? Like It's going to be like that with Except San they Jose. might be... Detroit's killed themselves with, like, Death by a thousand cuts more, like the. It, it was like a bunch of like six year deals to like just an applicator for four million dollars yeah. or whatever. And then it's like, why do you have Darren Helm for three <laughs> for six years at like three point three million? Yeah, and, like, whereas Jonathan Erickson, this one's like, oh, Eric Carlson eleven point five. Yeah, Brent That's Burns. Yeah, Brent Burns nine or whatever eight or whatever the yeah. heck he's at. Carlson's been surprisingly good this year too. I mean. Given the narrative that always seems to be surrounding him about how quote he can't play defense, but yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I am I'm ready to get off of the San Jose Sharks. They can keep losing for my money's worth. I'd be happy with that. Uh, give me two lottery picks, please. That would be nice. Uh, last thing I want to touch on: Zach Bogosian requested a trade out of the Buffalo Sabers. They have a crowded defense core there. Uh, Zach Bogosian is bad. Uh, That's the problem with asking <laughs> for a trade when you're making. Five million dollars as a seventh defenseman. Uh, yep. And when the Buffalo Sabers say you're not good enough to make our rotation on a regular basis, yeah, and you're um, making five million bucks, that's an issue. I think. I don't. I get why he requested a trade. He wants to play. He's in a contract year. He's 29, so he wants yeah. to get another contract. And something people often forget: defensemen that we on Twitter think are bad. Don't actually think themselves to be yes. bad. <laughs> I, yes, it's, I, I was just saying there was. I forget who tweeted. It. Was it tape to tape? Maybe I apologize. Uh, someone tweeted last night. It was like, oh, what they say? Oh, I don't. They tweeted something about how like why Bogosian should understand that he's not getting played or something like that. And I just tweeted, and also because he sucks. <laughs> and then the, the reply to that was yes, but I can understand why he wouldn't think that. I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Oh, here. Yeah. Um, yeah, so from tape to tape. Zach Bogosian has only two seasons of 70-plus games in his 12-year career, but does not understand why he's a 7th D. My response to that was simply, that and he sucks. <laughs> um, I can understand why he would have a tough time understanding that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But uh, my, my point more is just, uh, I don't think, especially his cap hit, I don't think there's going to be too many teams that are going to want to trade for him. Uh, no. I had one where I thought maybe... 
the only deal I could kind of see a team doing was the Detroit Red Wings. And so I had a couple different ways to look at it. The first way was maybe simply they trade back a contract like Darren Helm. Darren Helm has an extra year left at, I think it's $3 million. Uh, He's a a forward, it's much less. And Buffalo also, he probably could crack Buffalo's. Helm's usable at least. Yes. So it's like maybe you give Bogosian and a little bit of a sweetener, like a fifth round pick or something for Darren Helm. So what what that does for Detroit is they can take Bogosian, they can play the shit out of him this year because they have nothing left to lose. <laughs> they can try and flip him at the deadline. Let's say if you retain a little on Bogosian, maybe well, they retain a little more. So their projected cap space, zero. Yeah, I say so. I don't know if they deadline but, cap space. They have some, I guess. That's the but. Buffalo Sabers, though. Yeah. So true. if if you're getting rid of five million dollar Bogosian, oh, yeah, I guess you can take Helm's in cheaper, three three million dollar right? yeah. Helm, and then that way, because I think Detroit's cap space is two point five or something like that right now. So if you uh, took in or if you got rid of Bogosian but took in Helm, Detroit would be able to take that as well, and maybe you retain a little bit on Bogosian. That way, Detroit gets out of a contract for next year too, um, that they don't have to pay. Buffalo may still get a usable player in their bottom six or something like that. Yeah, I think um, I'm still an all right depth player. Yeah, I mean, better than what they're going to use for Bogosian anyways. Um, and maybe you give up an asset to get that as well. Um, the other thing that uh, I was talking to Gabe Foley, my uh, he also works at Last Word on Hockey with me, and he also writes for SB Nation, the blue site. Um, but he was talking about the Buffalo Sabres, he was saying he could see maybe them trying to use Bogosian and, say, Middlestad for... Uh, Andreas Anthonisiu or something like that as uh, like a deadline rental. So you have your piece that you would actually trade for Anthonisiu, put in Bogosian as a cap dump, and give something on top of that to get rid of him. If the Sabers are going in on deadline rentals, I'll be very they're in a play- they're in a playoff <laughs> spot in someone in something that they have not done in years. So yeah, that's true. I would not put it past them to go for a playoff spot and. Rent at the deadline. I guess we were just talking about New Jersey buying. When they were the eighth seed. I could see that exact same thing happening. That's fair. Um, You know, I don't think that would happen now. I think that would be... I I, I think to me, in my opinion, the first scenario seems more likely to me. Where, you know, you can make it work with a team that has a bad contract, um, but it's for an extra year. It's less bad, but it's an extra year longer. Cheaper. Yeah, cheaper and the player's a little better. Whereas, but they say, okay, we have nothing to lose this year. We'll take this guy. If you, if say Buffalo retains a million dollars on him, that puts him at four million. Maybe Detroit can retain another two million at the deadline. Suddenly, he becomes a two million dollar player. And maybe if a te- if Detroit plays him like crazy, a team sees a hope to make him their sixth defenseman for the penalty kill. Detroit could probably find an asset for that as well. Maybe yeah, maybe it's a seven, but like early and they right? can reflip. Them. Yeah. yeah. So if you could, and then so if you're asking why Detroit would do this. They get rid of a contract for next year. They get a little cap space. Uh, they take one on for this year. Uh, they can try and play them. They're continuing a self-tank by playing Zach Bogosian in their top <laughs> four. Um, if they can get a pick with Bogosian, that would be big. Even like a fifth or sixth. I'd be happy if Detroit could do that for a fifth-round pick. Yeah, yeah, and then if they pick up another, say, seventh at the deadline or something like that. I mean, you you basically got rid of a not-good contract for next year, got a fifth and a seventh for, like, 20 games of helping yourself lose, which is something you're going to want to do anyways. Yeah, so. and you get to go to management and say, hey, look, I saved you $2 million and yeah. got you a fifth and a seventh round draft pick while I was at it. Exactly. That's so I don't. I think there's maybe a situation for both teams to be looked at, something like that. 
Yeah, that's probably the only way you can really move Bogosian. I can't imagine a team's going to be like, we want him in our top six for no. five million bucks. Like, I'm just trying, because I, I was looking at, the, so the biggest problem is a cap hit, right? Um, so there's not many teams who have much cap space at all. In fact, uh, almost all the teams have under $2 million. There's only two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven teams who have more than $2 million projected in cap space. <coughs> so I thought the Leafs were the only team up against the Caps. You would think so. <laughs> Funny enough, Buffalo and Boston and Arizona are above them. Now, the Leafs do have a $94 million <laughs> projected cap hit. but Thank um, God for LTIR. Yes. Um, Look at all the teams at the top of the, or I guess the bottom of the cap space list in their LTIR. Three, four, three, four, two, three, four, six, three, four. I was zero. also told the Leafs were the only team that cheated LTIR. <laughs> They cheated to a much bigger extent, but uh, six. There's six. Gonna, yeah, but that, that, could that, be that still, still only but. equals to eighty-three million dollars, where the least four equals ninety-four and a half yeah. million. Dollars. Actually, the Canucks one is probably <coughs> injuries. I'm sure I'm yeah. wrong about that, but still, um, my thing is. So I was looking at the bottom of the rosters. Um, the problem is finding a team with cap space and would have a reason to take him. So I went to Detroit because they have a lot of bad contracts that they'd want to get rid of. When you look at the bottom, the Columbus Blue Jackets have the most cap space. Maybe they'll take him on, but they would probably want an asset to do that because they don't have much to trade away. That would be bad to do that, right? Like, I don't yeah. see them giving up assets. But if you're Buffalo, why would you give up an asset? There's no point to really – like, uh, the reason I had them giving up a fifth in the Helm trade is because maybe they look at it as, like, Helm can be a useful well, Helm enough is actually player, right? Yeah, so it's not like you're just doing a one-for-one -one swap. You're like, okay, to balance it out a little bit – We'll get the better player, but here's a fifth-round pick. Whereas this, it's like, there's no point for Buffalo to trade a fourth and Bogosian's con contract, sorry, to just get rid of Bogosian. Because no. unless he's, they, up, he's up this year. Yeah, unless they... Like, it'd be good for Bogosian, I yeah, guess, like, to go get Chuke somewhere else, but unless they owe him one hell of a favor. Then. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it'd be a nice thing to do, but if you're you're not going to give up assets to do it. Like, no. it's not like this guy has three more years left on his deal where you're like, oh, we need this cap space next year, we got to move him. No. So, like it's... Colorado, you know, they're not buying Bogosian. <laughs> Imagine instead of getting Taylor Hall, they trade for Zach <laughs> I'm not going to put it past Ottawa, but, like, I don't, I don't see a spot for them. I mean, they have Hainsey... Zaitsev, Borwecki, Demello, Shabbat, uh, Lajoie, Wolanin's going to come back. Branstrom's in the minors right now. I think he might get another look post-deadline. I don't know why they would pick him up unless they're getting an asset. And again, if you're Buffalo, why are you moving an asset for him if you don't have to? No, I, I, unless they're... Maybe maybe Ottawa does something similar with Artem Anisimov. Pick up Bogosian for this year, retain on Anisimov a little bit so they get a cheaper but useful forward. And you get another asset back for that. Yeah. It's one of those things where, like, I'm. it's a classic that down goes Brown will go on a rant about how he hates how GMs always just blame the cap when all you have to do is just, like, get a little yeah, creative. Just, yeah, like, I think Buffalo <clears throat> will have to get creative to move him. There's just, their options are going to be limited. And I think wherever Bogosian goes, maybe it'll be good for him. Maybe he wants to go to a bad team so he gets a bunch of playing time to look for a contract. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just... I thought the Detroit thing was probably the best idea I had out of the, like I was looking through because I wrote about it for rumors yesterday and I was like where on earth would this team trade him like, New Jersey maybe but again like what is New Jersey getting out of that yeah like I... there's no point in giving up assets to get rid of them unless you're getting a player back that actually like makes sense so yeah I like the helm idea that's yeah like that's... that that's the best thing I could come up with is like 
you kind of the idea that works for both teams like that. And even that, I don't know if that's going to get done. So yeah, I'm assuming the most likely scenario is he just sits. Yeah, probably. Um, I think Buffalo will have to make a defenseman trade. They have eight defensemen on their NHL roster right now. Or you wave Bogosian maybe, but like... Yeah, I feel like you try to work out all... Like, you exhaust all options in terms of trading him, and then if all else fails, maybe you do just have to wave him. Yeah. Which or, would really suck for him in a contract here, but... You could also just wave skin... Or not wave, trade Scandella or something like that. Scandella's like, been, like, actually all right. I would think you could get something back for him at the deadline. Yeah. It just depends. What you, I was just talking about how I think Buffalo's probably going to be buyers. I don't see them being yeah, actually, complete sellers at the deadline. Either, I haven't right? updated my... Sort of where Buffalo sits in my head towards... Yeah being second in the division or whatever they are right now. Well, I don't even think they're that. I just think they're so much closer to a playoff spot than they have been in years. Yeah. There. Oh, I don't think oh, yeah, they no, should. They are second in the division. I don't. I still don't think they should be buying, but like we just said, they would not be the first team who's probably not that good that talks themselves into buying because of where they are in the standings. Ooh, here come the Tampa Bay Lightning, fourth in the division, finally. The funny thing about Tampa is they'd always played way less games than everyone else. Yeah, I say, yeah, they still are three less games than the top two teams. Yeah. It's a... Just a dogfight, eh? Bruins have lost five in a row, so they're on a slip now. They're at 46 points, still way above everyone else. But in Buffalo, 38. Canadians, 36. Lightning, 35. Panthers, 35. Leafs, 34. That's a tight division. It is a tight division. Especially because they're right now there's only three spots coming out of the Atlantic because there's <laughs> five in the Metro. Because the Capitals, you have 51, 44, 40, 40, 39, 35. The Rangers have quietly been picked it up lately, too. They're at 35 points. That would put them tied for fourth in the Atlantic. Yeah, the Rangers have managed to be... They are, they're actually putting up a vintage New York season where they're just getting their teeth kicked in at 5-on-5, five five, but they're still kind of plugging along. New Hendrik Lundqvist is saving them this time, though. Yeah. Gorgiev. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with their goaltending, too, because they have Gorgiev, Lundqvist, and the Russian in the minors as well, who's just... Is that Sorokin? Sorokin, yeah. He's apparently just tearing that. it up in the AHL right now, so... Oh. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Poor Hank. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because you don't like. I don't think they're going to trade Hank, but at the same time, you don't want to lose Gorgiev either. Like, I'd no. rather go for the future. I'd rather Gorgiev Sorokin pair. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, it's just kind of hard to justify that unless you just tell Sorokin, okay, sit out for or play in the minors again next year. We're going to keep Gorgiev as well, and then you two can be the pair we go for. In two years, two years. I don't maybe That's tough. Yeah, because Hank's got no move, so it's not like you can just do whatever you want. Yeah, there. well, and it's just like he's the face of the franchise. Like, yeah, there's there's very few times where I will say that you should put the person above the business, but in this case for the New York Rangers, unless you're being offered like a first round pick for Andrew Lundqvist, <laughs> but I don't think you are. No, you're probably like if some if you're trading him, I don't think the goalie market is going to be that great because I think. LA is going to be trying to maybe look at some goalies. There's going to be some backups. Pittsburgh's going to need to figure out what to do with Murray to Smith or Tristan Jari. Um, uh, if Hank's on it, uh, Detroit's going to have a couple goalies there. Uh, Crawford might be on the market or Leonard. Like there's going to be a bunch of guys, and we don't see too many teams looking for goalies at the deadline, anyways. So no, usually you're good because you have a good goalie. So exactly. So this is one of the cases where it's like he's the face of your franchise. He's played with you. He was. He's the reason you were relevant for years. Like. Just keep them for the the year. year. Like yeah, I remember guy was on the PDO cast like a really long time ago talking he who used to work for the Rangers, and they I guess like all the Rangers staffers had like a sit down, roundtable kind of discussion, and they just asked everybody individually what you think would be 
like a good decision for this team. And his suggestion in like 15-16 or something like that was sell high on Henrik Lundqvist, which in hindsight looks like it would have been genius. Yeah. Not that it took much hindsight to know that. But um, they said they just shut him down immediately. They're like, we are absolutely not doing this. Yeah. Thing. And I mean, what it, are you talking about, yeah. basically? And I would be surprised if that's changed. No, yeah, I don't think it would at all. I mean, I think maybe it'd be more open to. If he was willing to go, they'd maybe be willing to look for someone in the offseason, but I don't think it'd be a deadline thing, and I also don't think he'd be willing to go. By all accounts, he loves it in New York. He's got a full no move, so it's completely up to him, and that's totally fair. He's earned that. Yeah, so, he has. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I would expect him to stay, play out the contract, and maybe retire after that's done. I mean, he's still okay. Like, unless he's been really bad this year. I thought he's still been okay this year as like a backup. Yeah, but. I don't think he's been... He's got a 9-11 on a team that's been a train wreck, so... Yeah, I mean, I picked it up lately, but, you know, I think he's... How many games has he started? 16? 18, 18? games played. So yeah, so him and, him and Gorgiev have rotated into more of a tandem 1A, B, 1B kind of thing, but, like, that's still good, like... Yeah, I don't he's know. all right. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I, I kind of... I wanted to see him win a cup as well, but I also just kind of want to see him retire with New York. It's... Kind of the same thing. It's it would like, be kind of satisfying. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting to keep our eye on that. That was a pretty good week, I think, of news. Um, Not too bad. Yeah, I am off to Ottawa in a couple hours. I'm going to go watch the Ottawa Senators play the Columbus Blue Jackets tomorrow with a couple buddies. Chase gets to study this weekend. Uh, <laughs> it was a good birthday gift for him about having three exams in three in days. Yeah, and then three more, two more this week, so... Uh, Kegmas is coming up. Kegmas is next Friday. I don't know when we're going to record next week, I guess. There's that. not a chance we're going to want to record on the Saturday no. after No, Kegmas. we're not doing the Saturday. Maybe the Thursday. That might work. Maybe we'll do the Thursday. No, because I have an exam Thursday. What I've... time? Oh, God, I don't know. I can figure that out really quickly. We could probably do it Thursday evening. Yeah, I don't know when we're going to record next week. We're pretty busy with... Uh... Friend thing, we're getting drunk uh, is pretty much what we're doing. But uh, that's our 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 family, our, yeah, our, our, our group friends Christmas party, which has just turned into an absolute rager where we get a keg and sixty people show up at Chase's house for some reason. There's but gonna be a lot of freaking people yeah, there this year. It gets bigger every year. Um, but uh, anyways, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, if we don't get an episode out by Christmas, which uh, we probably should, but maybe not, because uh, as soon as that Friday hits, Christmas comes pretty soon after. It's the that week following so if not i wish everyone happy holidays we'll see you after christmas but uh, we'll try and get something out in the next week and a half uh, especially if more news keeps breaking but if not have a good one uh i think i speak for both chase and i when i say it's been a very good year uh, yeah. i've seen the podcast grow a lot and it's been a lot of fun to keep doing we hope to have another good 2020 uh and also go world juniors team canada gets barrett hayton true we're real close to yeah that. and uh what's his name from Detroit? joe Delano. Delano, yeah. yeah. So uh, that should be good, too. Um, yeah. Maybe we'll do a World Junior preview if we have time. But thanks, everyone, thanks everyone for listening, and we will see you all next week.